Alright, this is the A. I'm Reg Clegg. And Norman G. And this is the A. Where we talk about life with theater and the theater of life. Yeah. <laughs> We've gotten a fantastic black uh, uh, actor here, Kari Moy. Doing alright. And uh, Kari, you played multiple roles in a Civil War Christmas. I think you were probably the hardest working guy on our cast. I mean, you just... I was talking to a bunch of other cast members, like, oh my god, Car, poor Car, he's he's Walker, he's a, uh, a soldier, he he plays um, uh, Lemon, uh, Ward Hill Lemon, and, and Parker, right, Parker. Mm-hmm. He, he just you know you this costume changes constantly, constantly, but uh, you know you and also you're developing the characters, you know, all through all of that stuff, so. Just fantastic, and plus you've done other roles as well. I mean, what are some of the past? So your whole squadron all by yourself, basically. Yeah, it's a, it's a, almost a one man show, but not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, all of us have this responsibility right. of of playing these multiple characters, which is a challenge. But as an actor, we always want challenges because that's what helps us grow. So yeah, 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 that's exactly right. But yeah, when you have like sixteen costume changes in the second half. Yeah. <laughs> You need to have, like, a big cup of Earl Grey and make sure that you're ready to go. I have a cheat sheet. Please <laughs> believe it. There's a cheat sheet that I have. Yeah, yeah, and I think all of us do, although, you know, some have, you know, greater uh, responsibilities than others. But, uh, you know, Civil War Christmas, I think, is doing real great. We had a wonderful a couple of um, previews. Yeah, nice so houses. Yeah. Our very first preview actually was the largest attended in uh I believe town hall history. Our very first preview. Yeah, because they're they're used to having twenty twenty five people, and we had half the house filled already. And then last night we had like a sold out house. I say, did say sold out. Said, said you guys had some sold out stuff happening. Yes, yes. yes it's, uh, they do some great things media wise. I mean, they have video. Mm-hmm. They have, of course, you know your usual Facebook feeds and all right, that Instagram, sort of stuff. Yeah. Instagram or whatever. But they're really using social media to get the word out. Good. Um, there's a woman, I forget her name, Susie, I think, Susie, I, I can't think of her name, but she's the, uh, the PR person for uh, Civil War Christmas and for the Town Hall Theater. No, so, had, was this a pick, a Susan Evans pick? Or had they yes. Yes. Yeah, actually, she, she had, had she came on. Yeah, she said this is something that she always wanted to do. Now, she previously was the artistic director for Douglas Morrison oh, Theater, right, right, exactly. yeah. um, which when I first met her, when we did a uh, By the Way Meet Vera Stark. Mm-hmm. Uh, Audition for that, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, we had a great connection from then, and when she came over, she contacted me, she was like, Kari, I know you're not the most comfortable as far as singing, but I really think that you want to do this. And then what really just solidified that I have to go out for it is Dawn Monique Williams, who I've, this right. is my third time working with her. First time we did Medea over in African American Shakes. Mm. Second was, by the way, meet Vera Stark. Vera Stark, and now here. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was like, all right, if you if you're gonna throw her name into it, then I'm in. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Dawn's fantastic, and Susan Evans. Once again, she when she works with someone, she'll cultivate that person mm-hmm. and bring them in. Of course, you know, Susan and I, we've worked many many years together, and uh, you know, she, uh, she was she called me up for the town hall thing. I had no idea about Town Hall and what they did. I thought there was more of a conservative thing where they just did safe stuff. But this is certainly not, I wouldn't consider right. it safe. I mean, it's, of course, the nativity, but it deals with serious issues. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, you deal with a child who's lost, and uh, it deals with slavery. It doesn't hold back, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, there's some really, really potent scenes in there. So. Yeah, a holiday show that actually says something that's kind of cool. Exactly. <clears throat> really, really cool. Mm-hmm. As I always begin, how was your week, Norman? Well, I can put my pump my show. Um, stories from Silence. Uh, these are a bunch of local writers who created pieces in response to the Me Too movement. Um, so we've got everything. In fact, I keep almost daily. I hear somebody say something like, "I was talking about the whole male, you know, male female dynamic in work situations and just out in the world, I guess." And a woman said to me, "Don't forget to smile." And I was like, well, "That's the second piece no. we have, actually." <laughs> and it's a wonderful little sort of fantasia of a world where the roles are reversed. And this poor guy is just trying so hard to get his boss, this um, HR person, to listen to him and, you know, take seriously his charges. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, maybe that happened. He's like, no, it's not maybe. It happened. <laughs> right, right, exactly. But don't forget to smile. Awesome, awesome. So, yeah, I'm uh, acting in it. Uh, I'm in the first piece. It's called Dumb. And it's, um, we never say the name Harvey, we- Harvey Weinstein, 
but it's clear that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. We're talking about an actor in that mix. So not somebody who directly did something, but you were there. You knew it was happening. And now all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, I feel bad that uh, I, I didn't say anything sooner. <laughs> right, exactly. So, that sounds important. Where, where's it being played at? Uh, this is at Piano Fight in San Francisco. Ah, good old Piano Fight. Yeah. 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 Right, right off of Bart. I love it. It's, um, mm-hmm. you know, Mara's playing. 144 Taylor. Yeah, 144 Taylor. A um, couple blocks off of, uh, not Civic, so Powell's Street. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's been fun. Um, but a little short. That's what we were talking about on the car. I was like, well, our uh, last couple of projects, Hamlet and this, were both quick projects. So. Yeah. You know, just trying to get off book and suddenly you're in front of an audience and go, wow, if we had another week for me to, like, figure this out, that'd be great. Yeah, we, we've gone through a little bit of that with Civil War. I think it's maybe a month or less than a month. Well, and you guys also had music. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that that Tuesday, a, Wednesday, Thursday rehearsal, and then we have a Friday off, and then Saturday rehearsal, and then Sunday off. And mm-hmm. it's... um. But hey, you know, that's, that's, that's the business. Now you're open. So we're uh, this week, uh, tonight, and then the next Thursday, Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. that I can try and run and see other people's shows. Sure. And then right after that, just to put it out there, mm-hmm. um, at, it's the third Monday of the month at Berkeley Rep. At Playground does their short play series, so I think yes. I'm going to be directing one of those. Um, I was actually going to reach out for that because I've been busy the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm actually free this month. I'm right. Yeah. I, I like to do one. <laughs> They're so fun. I, um, the one I did last year is so funny. You realize how you have to think as a director because the playwright came up with this beautiful thing, but we don't have tech and all this. And mine was about an aging, we come to find out she's an aging ballerina during World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, and the little girl from downstairs who annoys her constantly. Well, there were all these beautiful images that she wanted, like it was supposed to transform at one point. She transformed, because this was based on uh, the actress who originated one of, I think, the central role in Nutcracker Ah. with the Russian ballet. Yeah. And now here she is in New York, Mm -hmm. you know, living out her retirement. Um, So there's supposed to be a moment where she transforms into her 18-year-old self and dances off stage. Uh, like, uh, we, we barely have lights on, lights off. Uh, and I asked that first question when I walked in the door. So do you have any ballet? She said, well, no, but I was thinking I could do this. And she showed me, like, the two moves she had. And I was like, cool, got it, no problem. I know what we're going to do. <laughs> and it's great because you get in in one day and you have to throw everything together and figure out. And it was it was such a beautiful piece. It just nice. really, mm-hmm. it opened up nicely that whole evening of, of craziness, because there were, I think they were all inspired by Nutcracker, so there was one where there was a mouse revolt, mm-hmm. there was another one where <laughs> the boyfriend had lied to his girlfriend and said he was sick, because mm-hmm. it was uh, like the playoffs or something, he wanted to see the last game of the playoffs, so she comes home, top of the scene, she mm-hmm. comes home, and he like, has just turned off the TV mm-hmm. and is trying to pretend, she's like, no, come on, I know, I know, yeah. but it's important to me to see this every year, it was a family tradition, yeah. he said, well, how was it, and she says, actually... I had never seen anything like this before. For some reason, if you know the story of the Rat King, the villain of the piece, um, I guess is supposed to get killed at one point. The, the, the wooden soldier kills him, yeah. and then they go on this journey. She goes on the journey. The little girl goes on the journey of this Fantasia with, mm-hmm. with him. That's, that's the piece. Yeah. For some reason, the Rat King decided <laughs> he wasn't dying tonight, and he killed the soldier. Uh-huh. He killed the yeah, vaguely, I mean, obviously, my parents never took me to see, you know, this is, but, uh, well, yeah. it's that a little girl, right. yeah. and she gets her nutcracker, and it gets broken. Yeah. And then, so she's crying, and then she, as she goes to sleep, I guess, she, she has this whole fantasize with him, and goes right. on this whole journey to the land that he's from and all that. So they end up doing, because, and the woman described it as, and the actors are playing it out as this is going on. She's describing it. She's like, and you could tell everybody on stage knew this wasn't what was supposed to happen, but they weren't going to stop. Mm-hmm. So they kept going with it. So they end up coming back to Act 2 where they've gone to this other land mm-hmm. <laughs> where it's supposed to be the wood soldier who suddenly becomes like king and stuff. Yeah. And it's the rat king. Oh, wow. And the little girl. Mm-hmm. So... That's wonderful, it's a wonderful alternative to, you know, the traditional story. It's awesome. So, yeah, and it's a Monday night, and it's a really quick thing. So 8 o'clock, Berkeley, third Monday of the month. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
Cool, cool. We'll plug it at the, uh, the end of the, the end of our. And then the last personal thing yeah. is I got a new phone because my other phone was just the screen was all. Is it the ten? Is it the iPhone ten? No, 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 no iPhone. <laughs> Mars trying to get me on iPhone. Yeah, I won't do it. Not yet. Yeah, may happen. May happen. May happen. But you're you're enjoying it. I just got it yesterday. Okay. No, so I'm frustrated because how many of your passwords do you have? I try to be oh, good about God. not using the same password yeah. for everything. Yeah. So I got to remember the passwords, yeah. and then I got to get an email telling me what to. I've got a digital, um, what is digital stickies, which will tell oh. me what my password is. I, I, this time, for the first time, I'm opting into stuff, anything yeah. like that, where it's like, just help me out because I don't want to do this yeah. thing. So I've had to learn like five or six passwords oh, in the last gosh. day. Yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah. No cracked screen. Yes. Nice. Yeah, put a, put, a, put a cover on it, yeah. My, my next stop is to go get a, <laughs> get a cover. Yeah. That's right, world. Challenges of an actor. <laughs> <laughs> you are now entered backstage to our world of passwords and remembering things. Yeah, what's, exactly. what's what's passwords do you have, Kari? I have a few, but I, I especially I work overnight and when you work graveyard for a while your memory starts to slip a little bit and you have to work a little bit harder to remember things mm. um, so mm. yeah I, I have a few I, I probably should have more but I, I just I don't remember like I used to yeah and you know my job like because we deal with so many databases like you know Kletz and Cable and Microfiche and LexisNexis and oh. it's just constantly a barrage and I'll be honest I, I use one password Mm-hmm. And I'll, you know, when they say change it, change it once every 10 days or change right. it once every 50 days. Like I'll put like a digital six in the right. middle of my password right. and change it to seven and eight. Right. And it's just like a turnstile or whatever. Right. Um, that's about the best way that I can do it. Yeah, I've got a couple like that where, yeah, I'll just change one thing. And mm-hmm. But that was the other thing I found out today. Google won't let me do this anymore. No. Google said no. Every password I am very, very anti-Google because Google, you are the you are the, the you are the customer. You're being sold. Well, I, 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 mean, you're like, I understand you're trying to raise my security level, but damn, come on, seriously, a password that I used five years ago, come yeah. on, yeah, cannot repeat password, pick yeah. a new one. You're like, oh, come right. on, right, exactly. Oh, well, that was horrible because both mm-hmm. yesterday and today, Mara was trying, my wife was trying to talk to me. I'm like. I'm trying to do it right now. I can see the little <laughs> screen that tells me that I have a message. We were on our way to a meeting because mm-hmm. that was the other thing that happened yesterday. We went to talk, have our first official talk about going to France. Oh, awesome. So, oh, have you been? I haven't. I, I was supposed to last year with Z-Space, but yeah. unfortunately something came that's up and I was unable thinking. to go. I thought I remembered hearing that. So that's why I'm, I'm going on that tour. Oh, with my, my friend India. Oh, I, I, I believe she's in that cast as well. If it's the same show, I'm thinking of Lucia Berlin stories. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had a meet about that. Mm. So we're on our way to the meeting, and I get a little message, and all I can see is the beginning of the message saying, "I need to push our meeting back. I can't get in." It denies me any access. It says, "Don't recognize this device. Yeah. Somebody's trying to get in yeah. your thing." I'm like, "No, no," and it locked me out. Yeah. <laughs> Is that where someone has a Google Calendar and they want you, as the cast member or whatever, to join, go on to Google Calendar? I really hate that. I'm where I have to, in order to look at a schedule or look at anything, I have to jump on someone else's, right. you know, Google Calendar or whatever. Where I you have to sign up to the Google I, I, don't, I don't want to. I don't um, mind, but what I do is if I'm at the computer, I immediately print it out so mm-hmm. I have a hard copy so I don't have to go through right, it anymore. Right, right, right. So that's that's my world. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get a chance to answer your question earlier. Yeah. You said what previous productions have I done? Yeah. So most recently, starting from this year, was um, well, going back to early last year, was all at Hagar's Children now over at Z Space. Right. Cool. Had the pleasure of doing my first August Wilson piece, which I've always wanted to do, which is a piano lesson, which awesome, was just awesome. a fabulous, with fabulous Eric Reed, with right? Eric Reed. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Eric Reed. I really liked it. Oh uh, yeah, Kimberly Ridgeway. Yeah, we 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 had a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was another one where the theater company had big audiences like they had. We, we actually broke records for the, the, the most – we sold out, and we had the most attended show in the history of that theater. What's the theater there? It is uh, Role Players Ensemble, the Village Theater over in uh, downtown Danville. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we now hold the record. Like people came out in droves, and it was great timing because it was – Right around the time when Denzel Washington Fences was mm-hmm. out. Oh, the movie, yeah. yeah. And yeah. 
there were a lot of people in Danville who had no idea who August Wilson was. And, right. and we were like, all right, well, this is our opportunity to educate you. Yeah. And it worked. People awesome. came out, and they, they are now familiar with who August Wilson is, and hopefully they'll yeah, come right. to see more productions right. going forward when they see his name attached to something. Right. Yeah. That's fantastic. And we'll go get into your origin story later on, like yeah. how you got into theater and all that. But no, we're still hearing about this year. Did you, did you get up to date yet? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've been so busy sometimes I forget, like, what did I do last? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do that too. Mm-hmm. That's why I've got my little poster thing to, uh, to uh, remind me and all that stuff. Well, that's, and when we were writing over, I was saying, I've been hearing the name. <laughs> it feels like forever. And I was trying to think, wait a minute, we've been in the same room. Uh, yeah, I, I, I met you first when I, I saw your show when, when it was you and Eric, and I, and I came oh, to see you guys. Yes, yes. And, and I saw you backstage, and I was like, "Hey, man, heard about you. Very nice to meet you." And that's the first time we shook hands. Uh, yes, sir. Right on. <laughs> yeah. Six degrees. I mean, you know, that, that's how the Bay Area theater is. You know, if you don't know an actor, you know someone who knows someone. Well, and like I said, I've been seeing his name, been seeing it, seeing it, seeing it. And I was yeah. like, "Okay, so wait a minute, who is this?" And then when I saw the pictures from um, Piano Lesson, I was like. Oh, wait a minute. Yes. Yes, I, I know this man. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm on my New York hustle all the time. Like, if I don't have something lined up within the next couple of months, I feel like I'm becoming a failure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Almost in that way. So today, so in this week's news, of course, there's, you know, plenty, plenty of stuff. I don't think we'll go through every, every, everything. But There's, um, there's the tax thing, so let's take a moment and more. Well, that's yeah. crazy. <clears throat> well, give the Republicans. May, may reconciliation yeah. not work. May, yeah. may reconciliation not reconcile. But, you know, Flynn uh, has Ooh. pled guilty. Mm-hmm. And so I think the impeachment, you know, that, that impeachment. And supposedly said yeah. that the president had actually asked him to talk to the Russians. Right. So, yeah. It, that impeachment pot, it's a slow cooking pot, yep. it's a slow boiling pot. But because with Nixon, you know, that Nixon thing happened in 72. Right. He didn't lose. He resigned. Yeah. 74. He resigned. Before right. They he resigned actually before. Get it together. Right. No. Exactly. Yeah. So it takes about two years. So mm-hmm. it's it's going it, to, you know, it's, it's hap- I, I, I think it's getting close. I think it's getting really, really close. I'm, so. I'm, I'm hoping we don't have to go that route. I'm hoping he just bows out. Right. But and I don't think that that may happen. So, so that, what's that, that's what's going on. The tax thing, I mean. If the Republicans want to, you know, write and pass bills which are destructive, let them do it. You know, give them enough rope to hang themselves with. Wow. Yeah. They're, they're going to hang somebody. Yeah. More allegations, sexual, sexual, <laughs> whatever. Um, we should on. just add one on today. I mean, it yeah. really should be like it's, a bingo. It's, 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 it's a counter. I mean, you know, it's like every week there's somebody. Um, Matt Lahr, Gaussian Kellier, uh, Rick Russell Simmons, John Conyers, who Nancy Pelosi says should resign. And I, and I still say no. I, it's not that. Uh, so for him and before they were saying Franken, I say, you know what? Force them to come up with rules mm-hmm. that they can find you in violation of. Mm-hmm. And then you got to resign. Then you got to step down. But now the rule is in place and the precedent is set. And we can make sure this is not just on one side. Yeah. If the Republicans go for it, because, uh, you know, you need... Well, otherwise, saying, no, I'm not stepping down. I will do like you're saying with Roy Moore. I will let the people decide in my state. Yeah. And that, you know, I think it's December the 8th when uh, that election will happen between uh, um, Roy Moore and oh, Jones. This week. Uh, yeah. So the polls have Jones up, but this is Alabama. You know, anything that goes in Alabama. Have you been to the Deep South, uh, Tari? No, never have. Yeah. I was born in Texas and spent a little bit of time there. I've never lived there, but I uh, don't want to because it's a whole different world. Well, so I was born in Indiana, which is south-north. I mean, it's, it's basically part of the south. It, it was the headquarters of the Klan. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. But, um, okay, so, so that's that. So let's, let's get into an origin story. How did you get into acting? It was interesting. My, my mother took me to a lot of... Movies. Mm-hmm. And, and are you born and raised here? I was born and raised in, in New York. I okay. were in Brooklyn, New York. Wow. Um, so, you know, grew up, didn't have a lot of money. So, movie day really meant multiple movie day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, we would go to the movies and we would see more than one movie. <laughs> and, and I was always just, I look at the screen, I'm like, wow, I would like to do that one day. That looks fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I didn't really know how to really go about it. I just knew that it was kind of an interest. Then I went to college in BMCC, Borough of Manhattan Community College, mm-hmm. and took up business administration. And that's when I realized 
I've got to do acting because this is boring the hell out of me. Man, what am I doing? They just felt wrong. And so from there, I went to HB Studios and I started taking techniques and script analysis mm-hmm. and came across my acting mentor, Edward Harold, may he rest in peace, mm-hmm. and he put me in my first off-Broadway play. Mm-hmm. And that's where I started learning and growing and, you know, here, here we are now, like mm-hmm. over 20-something years later. Awesome. So, uh, so nothing, nothing as a little, as a little. Nothing. No, I, I, no, yeah, high school, I, yeah, no, no high school. I did my, my actual first, like, real thing at, like, 22 years old. Uh-huh. So I was old at <laughs> <laughs> that time. I, I started late, but, mm-hmm. yeah. I remember living because I went to school uh, at NYU and I uh, stayed on campus the first year. The second year I was in Brooklyn on Classen Avenue, uh, actually St. John's Place uh, near the Classen Avenue stop. Were you near there? No, I was. Um, where I lived at was between the F train and the D train. So okay. you could either take the F to 18th Avenue or the D train to Newkirk. Okay. Yeah. That, that's where my realm was. Cool. Mm-hmm. Any siblings? Uh, brothers and sisters in uh, Washington, D.C. Cool. Um, but I'm I'm my mother's only child. Oh, okay, okay, mm-hmm. got it. So, um, cool. Okay, what what techniques did you uh, learn? Like, um, like, I don't know, like method or 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 I don't know. Did you study Stanislavski or like you talk about um, how you study um, an, analyzing scripts or whatever? Like, what was interesting? I, I've, I've never. Re- I've never really ad- adopted a, a definitive method yeah. of Stanislavski or method. I just, I, I ended up figuring out what was best for me because I, I tend not to go too method, yeah. but mm-hmm. somewhat. Like, the, I, I try to find a happy medium with everything. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and just um, character analysis and script analysis is, is like one of the most basic, but important things to me, like, if you don't understand why a comma is in a particular sentence and what that, that can change the dynamic meaning of what you're supposed to deliver and paying attention to exclamation points and things like that, if you fail from that, from that base point, Mm -hmm. where can you possibly go? Like, you've got to start strong Mm -hmm. from there and be able to bring it to rehearsal. And then, of course, your director will help shape and mold your ideas and you'll come to a happy place together and then put it out there for the world to see. Awesome. The piece that I'm doing, I guess because writers were told this is going to be stories from silence. Silence is huge, and it's actually in the script a number of times. So we kept having trouble finding these beats, these rhythms. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, you know, and people were like, well, why aren't you picking up that line? Or are you supposed to interrupt me? I'm like, no, I'm not. It says in the script, he doesn't answer. And I respond to the fact that he doesn't answer, so I'm not interrupting you unless you are yelling at him. Mm-hmm. And it's clear that he's not going to answer before you finish talking. I read the script. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, see, you see a lot in Harold Pinter where yeah, know, these the pauses and the pauses yes. mean so much. Right. Because there's, you know, there's tension or, you know, there's a character that's mulling over something or even using intimidation. So. That inner life, making that inner life happen so that you are just waiting for your next line. You're actually exactly. active. Oh, yeah. That was the worst. Like, I, I remember first very first first starting off and I was one of those people that was just waiting for my line I wasn't living but that's part of you know making making mistakes and learning and growing Mm -hmm. I remember one time another lesson I learned and I learned it through someone else's failure and I was like I will never have that happen to me Mm. to make a to make a longer story just long (laughs) (laughs) who's that time we had an actor who we brought on who was not an actor. It was one of the, probably the, the, the third off-Broadway show I did. Mm-hmm. Didn't have much experience, but he came to and saw our previous show. He was super excited. He was like, I just want, I, I want to do this. And his mother was able to get him into the production. So he was like, look, you know, this, this is not easy. So you've got to really put 100% in. So I remember we were in Queens at the director's house and we're working on blocking and we're working on stuff and basketball is on. It's the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I'm a huge, huge basketball fan. Uh, but I knew that work had to be done. He's sitting in front of the TV. I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. like you, you should probably pay attention to this. Like you could watch highlights on Sports Center later. Like right now, let's go work on this. He's mm-hmm. like, nah, I got it. 
So, all right, you're like, I'm not your father. Right. I'm not going to tell you what to do. We got a show in two weeks, and you want to watch the game? Do you think? Mm-hmm. Long story short, we have our show. We go up. He gets on stage. He freezes. Because mm-hmm. life is so different on stage. Those lights are hitting you. Right. Mm-hmm. People are watching you, and if you're not used to that and you're aware that people are watching you, and, right. and, and he just he froze. So I had to... Thank goodness I knew his lines and mine mm-hmm. for us to get through the scene together and it's like lesson learned. Yeah. Preparation means so much. Preparation is everything. Exactly. Because, you know, you think you have it like, you know, last night. So, you know, the night before last, uh, you know, we had a very, very good. I was a little off last night. I'll just admit it. Uh-huh. And it's funny because, you know, you prepare, you prepare, you prepare. Me too. It happens. It happens with every actor. One little thing happens, right. and then you know you you need to sort of get yourself in. But of right. course, if you're in character and if you're well, well, well prepared, like mm-hmm. I've had some lawyers ask me because uh, I work in the DA's office, you know, because they deal with opening and closing arguments. Right. How do you focus or whatever? And it's like the more the well prepared you are, the more prepared you are, mm-hmm. then the less nervous you are. You can use that nervousness to power yourself through right. what what you have to go through. It's, it's all about preparation. So, well, but that other piece too. Yeah. The difference between just running your lines, or even running your lines with your scene partner, doing it on your feet in front of an audience. Exactly. If you aren't ready for that element. Mm -hmm. We had, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Damon, I think. Um, He's a local actor who's Mm -hmm. got long, long dreads. I saw him in Seagull this summer. Yes, yes, yes. That's that's, that's my boy right there. He was sitting up in the audience in this prominent spot. Medic. No, it was um, over at Brava in 
Sean J. West, really good friend yeah. of mine. That's when we first met. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just started going from there. And I started to get my feet under me, and I would go to events. And I was trying to get my name out there, and you know, here we are now. And next year, I'll be lucky enough that I'm doing a streetcar named Desire with African American oh, Shakes yeah. playing Stanley. And I'm super excited about yeah. that. Like it's. It's, it's been great. I can't complain. Art- Artistic-wise, I've been blessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, have you seen a lot of change within, like, when you first came? I'm not sure how long ago you've been here in the Bay Area, but have you seen a change, either for better or worse, since when you first came here to now? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, just, you, let's say, getting into um, Bay Area theater, is it easier or harder? Has, um, has economics, like, you know, there have been a lot of theater companies that have folded mm-hmm. um, since, since then. Mm-hmm. And what was funny is that I didn't I didn't know that those companies existed until like later later on, and people told me I was like, oh, I didn't know that because I, you know, I had no idea. Like at one point, I was just working out in in Danville, and I slowly started branching out to center rep and shotgun and understudying at Berkeley rep, and you know, making my my way around. And to this day, I'm still meeting and meeting new people, but the acting community is so small, after a while, you're like, how could I not know everybody? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, you way, but yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's true, like, there's so many people you still don't know that's out here, you're like, wow. And, it's, and it is kind of regional, and that's one of the things I think people have trouble identifying. Everybody, you know, treats San Francisco like it's a mecca, and that's fine. You get to work in the city, that's great. There are plenty of other places to work with vibrant mm-hmm. theater communities, not just in terms of the talent base, but a community like Lafayette. A community that really supports their theater and wants it to, yeah. to thrive. And it helps that people like, let's say, Susan Evans, who started out right. with Easterners, and she even started out earlier yeah. here in, in San Francisco, and then she branches out like she goes to the DMT, right. which isn't used to right. cutting-edge theater, I'm going right. to say, yeah. but then injects that in and injects the actors in, and right. now she's in Lafayette, right. where we can do, you know, we're doing Civil War Christmas, and I'm sure there'll be other mm-hmm. productions which will be, you know, cutting edge and, right. and interesting. And I think that helps, you know, the theater community or the vibrancy of the theater community grow, mm-hmm. you know, elsewhere. Oh, yeah. So, um, and also I think social media helps out a lot. I mean, that's something that what didn't exist, and it helps uh, people connect. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, every time you post something, I see it, and I'm like, oh. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah they've got to take advantage of, of self branding with right. Facebook and mm-hmm. Instagram, Snapchat. Like, yeah, you, can, you can really be your own manager. Mm-hmm. What's funny about that is, like, I've heard people who are out in LA and their agents are like, make sure you have a Facebook account, make sure you have an Instagram, because we need you out there. And you, like, it's almost a job where you right. have to make these mini videos of your day and continuously bombard people with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we hear about that with like big, big, big superstars like, uh, I don't know, like Ariana Grande and, you know, and Beyonce and, and all these other folks. And I sort of like laugh at us like, oh, okay, they're just open up there. But it's true. We have to do it ourselves because no one else is going to meet right. it. It becomes our resume. It becomes, you know, our. We, we have to get that leap, that legal, not legal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to create that image and local. That's the word I'm looking for. That. That's um, that same buzz locally. Right. It's weird. Uh, we went and saw, what's it called? Three billboards. Mm-hmm. Three billboards. Out, what is it? Three billboards so boards outside Ebbing. Um, I want to see that movie, too. Oh, my goodness. And the cast is so It, it feels like a, um, who are the brothers? Coen brothers. It feels like a Coen brother movie. Mm-hmm. It's got a wackiness to it. And But even more than theirs, where with theirs, there will be subtle characters, and then you'll start to get some depth to the characters, start to get a little nuance. With these, these characters hit you, and you start to think, yeah, I think I know who this guy is. And maybe after a couple of scenes, you're like, yeah, I know who this guy is. And then they turn a corner. They just make these switches, and it's so gorgeous. Well, uh, Frances McDormand, it's, oh, yeah. it's her I mean, she's at she's yeah. the lead. Well, she's she, in all the all the Cohen stuff, I think. Well, well this isn't Cohen, but okay. it's, it feels like it feels like Cohen. Yeah. It feels like it. That's what I thought when I saw the trailer too. Well, I said to my wife as we sitting there, I'm like, well, she was here. She was Lady M here at Berkeley Rap. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And yes. I'm like, and I didn't want to say that. I'm like, Berkeley Rap. Mm, they they've had some mixed stuff with classical work. I'm like, no, nah, I don't know. Um, and I don't care that it's a celebrity. Because they're the ones right. who can do it, and they're, I, I, 
the last time I even tried to see something like that was when the Magic did a, there was a, I don't remember if it was a world premiere or West Coast premiere of a Sam Shepard, mm-hmm. and they had all these Hollywood types. So it was Nick Nolte, Woody Harrelson, mm-hmm. Sean Penn, mm-hmm. um, Cheech Marin. Uh, there was the woman, I think she was, she'd been in a movie with one of them, and then somebody who played the father on Nash Bridges at yeah. the time. The, all these different, you know, error. Yeah. Seeing these people on stage, there were the people who knew, like Nick yeah. Nolte knows nothing about being on stage, apparently. Yeah. And it's a shame, because he's got a powerful presence, yeah. but when you're in a big house and you don't know just the simplest exactly. of projecting, exactly. we can't hear anything you yeah. say. And also, what about the local actors? I mean, you know. Well, I went to see it because Sean Penn apparently had a lot of other commitments and mm-hmm. so kept not being there. His understudy went on, and he was a Rod Knapp. He was a local guy who I knew. So I went, I'm going to go see Rod do this. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because it was maybe his first time on, and a bunch of us. Mm-hmm. I think they actually, it might have been like a weeknight or something, they papered the house. I don't know how I got tickets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went. But it was a big house. Yeah. And, you know, he's on the stage for the first time working with these people. Mm-hmm. You could feel how he might have been a little bit nervous, but still, everybody who had seen multiple performances was like, that was so much clearer than what Sean Penn was doing. Yeah. Sean Penn yeah. knows film. Mm-hmm. He totally knows film. He's amazing in film. Yeah. That doesn't mean you could just go to stage. So I don't want to see these people. Mm-hmm. But now I'm kicking myself because I wish I'd seen Frances McDormand on stage. Oh, my God. She, there were so many, throughout the movie, there's so many moments that are just quiet, the camera resting on somebody. Mm-hmm. And you think you know where they're going. Mm-mm. No, they wouldn't bother with, you know, these people are not lazy filmmakers. They're not going to bother with just that moment of, it isn't he sad. They always, there's something mm-hmm. active happening. And yeah. It's like, oh, my God, this yeah. is gorgeous. I remember um, when I was in New York, Julia Roberts uh, did a, a Speed the Plow, mm-hmm. which was a uh, Broadway, yeah, I think it was a Broadway production. But it got panned because, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't just like what you're talking about, she didn't have this stage presence. So, you know, just because you're a film actor doesn't mean you can translate. I think it's very much easier to translate from theater to film. It is quieter. Yeah, yeah they're, they're different styles. I remember seeing, um, which they are film actors, but they're also theater actors. Patrick Stewart and Ian and Sir Ian McKellen, when yeah. they did a show out here in Berkeley, Rep, some years back. And, oh my God! It, it, oh, and Billy Crow. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, nice, yeah. That, whew, that was amazing. The people who are so good at acting are the ones that make it look so easy. That makes you feel like I can do that. Right, right. And you're like, you have no idea exactly how complicated it is, mm-hmm. but they make it look easy because they're so damn good. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the uh, quality of excellence, yeah. Have you guys worked together before? We hadn't, but again, I had heard about him before, but I'm not going to lie. I never worked with him. Yeah, yeah, you heard about me. Yeah, I heard your name. I definitely heard your name. This is what I mean by how, how small the community is. Yeah. So even if you haven't met a person, you're like, no, I've heard about him before, but we had never met. Yeah. And when I looked at the call sheet, and usually, I don't know if anyone else does this, when you get a cast list right. and you're getting emails about the first day of rehearsal and contracts, I look through the names and I Facebook people. Yeah. And I'm like, well, who's this person? Who's that person? And I'll go to your Facebook. Right. And I'm like, Oh, that person. Oh, I'm not familiar with that person. Oh, mm-hmm. Wow, we have like 70 friends in common. Right. Why don't I know this person? Right. Right. Yeah, that's a cool thing. Like Alicia, who plays uh, uh, Mary Todd Lincoln, an amazing voice. Oh, her she, voice is beautiful. Oh, her, her voice is just absolutely. And she had studied um, opera. Uh-huh. She studied classical music. She had auditioned for Candide. I think she had a conflict, which is why she uh-huh. wasn't in. But I was like, my God, why weren't you in Candide? But she, you know, was in that. So it's, you know, if you haven't worked with someone, mm-hmm. you've at least seen them, like, say, in callbacks or auditions right. or you've passed someone passing by. So it really is community. I mean, uh, everyone, if you don't know them, you know someone who knows someone. Right. Like when I went to see you, Norman, in um, Hamlet, Dan uh, Wilson was was there at the oh, show. right, yes. <laughs> and, I, and we didn't know that we were going to the same show. And I was like, wow, you know Norman. Oh, you guys didn't. That's yeah, we, yeah, we didn't know. So it was a wonderful coincidence. And, of course, I saw another um, Ellen Hayes. Ellen Hayes, I think that's her name, who acted with me in Skin of Our Teeth. She showed up arbitrarily at oh. her show. Oh. So, it, you know, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's how, how these things yeah. Because I remember seeing... Um, the first time I came across Dan was Arsenic and Old Lace when he did it at DMT. Oh, and I had, I, we had never met before. And I was like, and we was like, oh, we're about to be in the show together. I was like, really? 
which is a step forward from last year. Last year, the union said, this is what you need to do. And Playground said, hey, you know, we've got this long relationship with you. We've been obeying the rules. We've been doing all this stuff. We're not changing the nature of what we do. You're jamming us up on this. Can we come to some kind of discussion, negotiation? And initially, it just wasn't going anywhere. And apparently now it is going somewhere. So that's good. That's really good. Uh, And the best part of it, honestly, for Bay Area Theater. So I am a union member and I love love what being in the union gets me, but I'm not going to say it isn't an impediment to a lot of things. It is. So I will say that the best thing for Playground out of that was they got a cadre of non-union talent. And I was telling, I was talking to Jim, you know, after the last, I directed one of the last Playground. And afterwards we were chatting and I was like, you know, the best thing about that last season, because that's what happened. It was like last season, they had to go all non-union for the uh, for the monthly thing. And they got this cadre of actors. And, yeah, there were some people who were green, and there were some people who didn't weren't as skilled. There were also some really solid people, and there were some people who brought some fresh energy. And there were a number of people who I was sitting there making a list. And I don't even bother. I don't do much producing right now. And I'm like, uh, who is that? Because I need to keep track of that one. That one's really good. And, and you know, the, the downside of it is, as an equity actor, that role that I might want might go to you. Might go to you. Yeah. Because, and then once they've seen you in Playground, because that was what, there was an open letter sent to the union from members saying, hey, we want you to talk to this organization. We find this organization worth working with. And it's not about the check because it's a little reading series. Of course it is. It's a one-day gig. We're not making a huge commitment of time. They do it on Monday, so it's the dark night. It's equity dark night, so we are available. But it gets us out there. We get to mingle with the other talent. We get to try out some new things, maybe play some roles we wouldn't normally be cast in. And we get seen. So the next time somebody says, hey, I'm looking for a middle-aged black guy. I saw that guy on stage. And I'm like, and so we union members have been getting the benefit of that. All of a sudden, this whole crop of non-union members are getting the benefit of that. And I'm like, that means we're all dropping off of these people's lists. The the price of their production just dropped seriously Mm -hmm. because they're like, oh, we'll just go all non-union. And I guess equity's response is, hey, that's your job as the actor. You know, you you, you get it. I wish that was a direct response would be great. Their response was, well, 
we are negotiating with them. It's important. We don't want you guys just working for free. I was like, nobody's talking. I'm not talking about what did, did somebody say working for free? Didn't say that. I did say, you're losing me work. And I wish you would address that issue. Right. Because you are losing me work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember, Carl, you had mentioned uh, during, I think it was one of the rehearsals, pre-rehearsals, about BAP. And have you have you had negotiations with other companies? Let's say, you know, they're like, hey, we want you on, on board. Do you negotiate contracts at all? What's funny, I, I've had conversations with non-union actors about negotiating. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to mention any names, but they've been very successful in, if you want me, this is my price. However, my price is still cheaper than equity, but you've got to come up a little bit more than what you're offering right now, because right now I'm paying to be in your show, and that cannot happen. Right, exactly. Right. Because the, the work that we put into it, I mean, I know for me, there are super late nights where I'm up on I'm up with my highlighter looking at my script over and over and over right. and hopping on the internet and researching. Now, if I'm going to do all that and lose sleep and then I've got to bring food to the theater and you have right. all these hours of my time, I can't on top of that pay to be in the show. Right, right. Like, I've, I've been... And especially if it cuts into your day job. Yeah. <clears throat> you know. And for me, it just cuts into sleep because I, yeah. I work graveyards yeah. throughout the week. Yeah. My sleep is precious. I will break that sleep for an acting project, but it, at the, like I, I've got to make some money. I'm not trying to be rich. I don't think any of us came into acting yeah. like, you know, I'm hoping to be a millionaire because we love what we do, but I've got to make some kind of profit. Right. Yeah, exactly. school are like, oh, I'm just so eager to, you know, whatever, and they still have this sort of high school or college mentality of, let's put a play together, right. and they don't even think about the money. At a point, it's like, hey, listen, if I'm going to spend money on either gas or, you know, getting there, and I'm just getting a stipend, and it doesn't really do anything, mm-hmm. sometimes I've said, well, maybe the theater doesn't have a lot of money, but clearly there are some theater companies that have a lot of money, right. and they're just not, they're just... Take it for granted that if we can get away with it, we will. Well, there's a talent pool. There's a huge talent pool. So they're like, well, we'll make that work. That's not the important part. The important part is building this set. (laughs) We need a working elevator for this show. Really? You can't just take two panels that slide together and open up? You can't just do that? Right, right. You need it to be an electric thing? And you're right. If if they can't take advantage of you, they will. So, I mean, there have been plenty of times where I've done tech. Mm-hmm. Instead of acting, because it just paid more. Right. You know, since wow. it out, I got paid, you know, $1,200 as a stage manager. Right. Whereas there's some shows, I just got the bare minimum mm-hmm. stipend. I'm not going to mention right. the company, but, you know, I think we're paid maybe less than $200 for, you know, like a four-run show. And I was like, okay, this is not, it's not cool. So, yeah. We should touch on, since it's coming up, oh, actually, I wanted to mention, one mm-hmm. I want to get to the holidays, just yeah. to talk about where and what, how people deal with holidays. I definitely, my world has changed in the yeah. last couple of years. But um, this is the anniversary of the ghost ship fire. And that was here in Oakland. Um, you know, it was a live workspace. They had a big party. Oh, right. That's right. I believe it's been a year now, right? It's amazing. It's Fruitvale Bart. It's like uh, two blocks yeah. from Fruitvale Bart, which is not far from. I passed that place. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was meeting an act of dancer. I was meeting a dancer one day. Um, picked him up near Bart. We rolled around the corner. He said he wanted something to eat. There's a Wendy's a block away. I said, well, I'll drop you at the Wendy's. Is that cool? So as I pulled in the parking lot, I realized we're facing the building. It's right there across the street from the Wendy's. Well, I bring it up because, um, you know, it's a big thing. It it had national attention and all that. But that night I was coming home from a rehearsal or a show, coming up 880, backed up because it's so close to the freeway. It's a block from Bart. It's Mm -hmm. right near the freeway. Yeah. And that, had, and because of all the fire emergency vehicles and stuff, the freeway had gotten backed up. So I had trouble getting back to Oakland, and I went to the alley, my little piano bar. Yeah. And I roll in there, and um, you know, people are kind of bubbling about it, no big deal. I go a few nights later, and it turns out that there's a guy who, a young guy who had just become a regular within mm-hmm. the last year or so, mm-hmm. you know, before this, and. 
Rod Dibble, the pianist who has kind of retired now, but you know, played all these old style things. Young people wouldn't would come in and not know that stuff. This young guy knew like twenties music really well mm. and would sing these things and sang them beautifully. Mm. He's got this, you know, kind of punk hairstyle cut, you know, asymmetrically and swooped to the side and three colors and you know, piercings and tattoos and but he's sitting there singing the crooning these twenties mm-hmm. songs. Wow. Amazing guy. So apparently that night he had gone to the alley and he said, I have to go. There's a show tonight and I'm performing. I really don't want to go. He was having a good time. Mm-hmm. And he went and he died. Wow. So the anniversary comes up. I roll in there last night and um, before I see him and I recognize them because I'd seen them apparently a year ago at the memorial. Mm-hmm. I go to talk to one of the regulars, and like, you know, Ben's parents are here tonight. Wow. And I'm like, what? Oh, yeah, that's why I recognize them, because I had actually talked to them the year before, and they wanted to see what their son liked. Mm-hmm. So they came out, and they got to experience it, and then everybody who knew Ben's songs tried to sing them, mm-hmm. some people successfully, some people not so much. Yeah. Um, but they got to see what that dynamic was, and then a bunch of this stuff, because the fire got posted online. Um and you can see these videos, not just YouTube, but music videos and stuff where he was, he really loved that music and he found a very modern way to start to mess with it and play with it. Mm-hmm. When he went there, he was very respectful and wonderful. So these folks came back out for the anniversary. And I was like, wow, it's amazing to me how art brings people together, creates a community, and that community resonates. So here's yeah. the family. Yeah. Driving into town, yeah, just to come and experience this. Yeah, reminds me of that play. Remember the play you did a couple of years ago, where you were the father of uh, a teenager who passed away. Yeah, the parents, That's what he was talking about. Emma, Emmett, and Ava. Right, right, exactly. And the parents were trying to discover their children or where right. they were mm-hmm. now that they've passed away. Right, it's very touching. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, the father, and I talked last night, and he said when they were clearing out his room and clearing up his stuff, they found. He found his guitar, mm-hmm. and he said, and it was actually my guitar, but he took it, which is, you know, and I don't even think about that. I do now that I'm dealing with a teenager. They take your stuff, <laughs> yeah. and you have to decide whether or not you're going to fight for your stuff or if your love of both your stuff and your child is so much that you're going to enjoy the fact that it right. is now theirs. Right. Right. He picks up the guitar, and he said he strummed it. Everybody started crying. Wow. Family started crying. Wow. He said, you got to keep playing it. Yeah. So now he plays it with the recordings, mm-hmm. his son's recordings. Mm-hmm. I'm standing there going, man, dude, you, you are so working on trying to make me cry tonight. I'm not crying. But it's just so amazing to me that yeah. that's what we do. That is the work we do. We create this art and we create this world mm-hmm. and it touches people. Yeah. And that resonance just keeps growing and growing and growing. So yeah. for me, that's a big story. part of what this year is going to be. Yeah. Now that, this that, season. Yeah. Did they announce it at all? Or did this they made a, a full announcement. Yeah. A bunch of, uh, no, there was no intentional thing, but mm-hmm. I'd been in a couple of times this week and people were talking about it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, and nobody said a thing. There was no official, we're going to do this tonight, but mm-hmm. a bunch of people dedicated their songs. A couple of people acknowledged that the family was there. And a bunch of us, you make, just like you do at a memorial service, you go over to talk to the family. Mm-hmm. Individually, you just go and you chat and you let them know who you are and what the connection was, and that's why they were there. It, yeah. was, it was amazing. Wow, wow, really, really nice. So, with that said, what are you guys doing for the holidays? Uh, sleeping. <laughs> Catching up on some sleep. When do you guys close? We close on the 16th, and then I have one week, and then I'm jumping on a plane to Washington, D.C. Yeah, nice. Back to what used to be the Chocolate City. It's, it's changed. I mean, gentrification is really... <laughs> it's progress, but it's also... I was telling someone... Uh, I was having a conversation with Ellie's mom. Ellie is uh, the wonderful seven-year-old girl who was in Civil War. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I was talking to the mother. I was saying, you know, it's really wonderful to have a black family. Um, uh, um, a mother and, you know, husband and wife. Right. You know, guiding their seven-year-old child to do this production. And really, at seven years old, I never did anything as big right. as being in a production with other actors or whatever. I mean, that's really, really, I hope it's an experience that she will cherish I'm sure she for will. the rest of her life. But we were talking about just, uh, and she mentioned that she had also lived a little bit in D.C. And uh, we were talking about um, 
just older generations, like I was saying, you know, the only reason why a lot of my relatives are still in D.C. is because my grandparents actually invested in property mm-hmm. and could actually, you know, afford to, you know, to... There was a time when you can cultivate property right. and you can right. actually own something. Now it's harder and harder and harder. I mean, gentrification is just kicking a lot of people in the butt. Um, and kicking a lot of people out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're, you're doing okay, right? Sorry. Man, so far, so good. You, know, you just brought me back because I've visited D.C. so often. The, the, the land where people call other people Bamas. Yeah. This makes me really? Really? Bamas, yeah. Uh, just like Bama. <laughs> just like a Bama, man. Come on, Joe. Hey, Joe. Come on, Joe. Exactly. I'm like, man, who's Joe? That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Value Village in D.C. Right. And if you're a young, young kid, you call it Valley Village because you couldn't repress it. But basically, sure. it was sort of like um, if people dropped off their clothing, like Salvation Army oh, or something sure. like gotcha. that. Uh-huh. And the kids are joking, you know, like, man, you, would you go Value Village? <laughs> you oh. dress like a Valley dude. <laughs> so D.C.'s becoming what, Maryland? What would that be, Maryland East or Maryland North? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's right in the middle. I mean, you know, uh-huh. it borders Virginia. I think it borders Maryland. But I've had a lot of relatives, you know, move to Maryland. Like my mom right now is in uh-huh. Virginia. Dad is still in D.C. Uh, my sister's in Maryland. So wow. it, it, it varies. I think a lot of the, uh, the younger uh, D.C. residents um, who can't stay in D.C., they go to Maryland. Mm-hmm. So P.G. County and and. and other counties are. Mm-hmm. It's it's the same thing that's happening here. Like um, people are moving to Richmond and um, right. Pittsburgh Bay Forty and beyond, yeah, and beyond, whether they like it or not. Yeah, so they, they, they feel like happy. Well, for me, so I got married a couple of years ago now, and um, I married a Jewish woman, and so I didn't realize. I thought Christmas wasn't really that much a part of my life. Mm-hmm. I really was not trying to be a big participant, but suddenly I found, oh wow, though, no, like you really don't do. Almost any of this, you don't know this music, you, none of this. And I was like, well, okay, there's some pieces I guess I got to hold on to because that's who I am, that's how I grew up. Mm-hmm. But there's some pieces I can let go of. So now Hanukkah has become a big part of my life. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not having a Christmas party, but we'll have a Hanukkah party. And I'm like, okay. And we'll go to other people's Christmas parties. Mm-hmm. We're not like anti-Christmas. It's just yeah. the first time I talked to um, another guy that I know who's Jewish, mm-hmm. and I said, what are you going to do for Christmas? He said, same thing I always do. I'm going eat breakfast, stay in my pajamas at home. I said, but don't you go out, don't you? He's like, well, I'm Jewish. I'm like, Took me a couple of seconds to yeah. like process it. But, but uh, oh, oh, so this is like, oh, right. This is seriously not a part of your culture. It's yeah. a part of your American culture. It's not a part of your family. It's not a part of how you mm-hmm. grew up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that's an option. Yeah. And the interesting thing about Civil War Christmas, we have, I think, at least two cast members, maybe more, I don't ask, who are Jewish. I think Alicia and Jason, who is uh, 17 years old. And, um, and it's interesting, they, they are, you know, they do, they're doing the Civil War Christmas, which is really the nativity scenes told in the, the prism of the Civil War. Right. And, but, you know, they're, they're right into it. And, you know, they're not anti-Christian or whatever. Right. But, of course, the story tells about, you know, like there's a scene where, um, I call it the Yip Kedal scene, mm-hmm. where there's a soldier, Moses Levy, mm-hmm. who is dying, and he doesn't know any of the Christmas carols or whatever. Oh. And he is uh, confronted, I mean, spoiler alert, I mean, you know, if you oh. want to know more, come, come see the show. Ah. But Mary John Lincoln sings a wonderful, and of course Alicia does a wonderful job singing mm-hmm. uh, Silent Night. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, very peaceful, and it's there to console Moses Levy, who is Jewish. Right. So you have a blending of cultures. It's nice. an African culture, nice. you know, in there. So it's it's wonderful how the story is written, and how it tries to incorporate all cultures into into one cohesive story. This sounds gorgeous. Yeah, I, I hope I hope y'all totally sell it. Sell out. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I need a ticket. That's all. Yeah, hey, I've got comps. Okay, I've got comps. Let's talk. We'll yeah. we'll talk <laughs> uh, we're running into the one hour mark. Shoutouts. Uh, well, birthdays. Yeah. Oh, actually, before I get to birthdays, because yeah. it's closing tonight. Hidden. Agender um, is a thing about our whole trans oh, okay. movement, yeah. and 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 even beyond that, because it's horrible to say trans and feel like you're leaving it to one group of people. There's just a whole change in this generation of identity, right? And so this show explores that, and mm-hmm. it's at the uh, Brooklyn Preserve, which is where Ubuntu is housed. 
here in East Oakland. Oakland Preserve. I'm glad you mentioned that Fallon Blazer. I saw something that she posted up. She owns uh, the Brooklyn Preserve. Yes, yes. And I think they're doing a fundraiser. Oh. Or she did a fundraiser. It may have been that Tuesday giving thing. But uh, you should check out. Uh, we'll put a uh, posting. For the Brooklyn Preserve? Yeah. yeah if you want to donate money for that because that's one, that's a wonderful space. It's a, and we don't coming, uh, it's a gorgeous space. She's trying to do some wonderful things with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, birthdays. Uh, so I'm decided as I'm involving this birthday thing to just whatever the weekend people are, they're going to get shout outs both weeks because mm-hmm. that just makes it easier. Yeah. So uh, Lizzie Cal- Calogero, um, who is, um, has been a big shotgun player, but she, she's amazing. She, and also Gwen Harlow, who is not a shotgun player, but <laughs> equally amazing. And she, um, she's also equity. So mm-hmm. cool. she's, she's been an amazing voice of reason mm-hmm. in some of the conversations that have been happening. Um, who else have I got? Carla Pantoya is tomorrow, uh, Latina, mm-hmm. local. Um, wow. Nobody else this week. Uh, as a composer, Clark Soprinowitz okay. is a local composer. Um, Liza, Lisa, uh, Raynal, Lisa Rostova, who uh, works a lot with Flight Deck and works around. In fact, uh, I did, um, oh gosh, what's the name of that play? Um, God of Carnage. She oh, directed yeah, that a few yeah. years ago. Um, and, and I've got a couple. Uh, Kobe Apple Bernstein, who mm-hmm. I met as a teen and is now away at college. And just every time he posts pictures, he's doing these musicals. I'm like, okay, I want to see if this keeps up. Right on. Sherilyn Lee, who is dead, but uh, was a local playwright. Mm-hmm. Trish Mulholland, another shotgun player. Michael Gene Sullivan, middle of the week is happening. in Mind Troop. Michael. Michael. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Michael Greeley. Michael Greeley, yeah. Is happening on Thursday. Benton Green is a New York actor now. He used to be local. Howard Swain, one of the older mm-hmm. actors here. Older. It's, there's got to be a nicer word. <laughs> I, I got to do a piece with Howard earlier this year where um, we did just a reading of um, a passage from uh, George Saunders' new book, Lincoln and the Bardo. Mm-hmm. And it was Howard and uh, I've heard that. I've heard that. Jim Carpenter. Yeah. And Ryan, I don't know his last name, and me, and a woman I can't even remember her mm-hmm. name. Um, Vera Y, Sylvia Crichton. Sylvia Crichton's right on. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah she uh, does a lot of stuff at uh, Off Broadway West. And those, yeah, those it. That's happy birthday, y'all. Happy birthday. We would love to send out a birthday wish yeah. for you, so get in touch with us. Tell us what you're doing or what show you would love to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I've got two who have passed and two who are coming. Tom Riley, we uh, say happy birthday to him. He plays Lincoln in the Civil War Christmas. His birthday, I believe, was on the 28th. Uh, Daria has And he's passed? Wait, what? No, no, he, his birthday has passed. Oh. He, is, oh. he is alive and well. <laughs> Tom, you're alive, right? Okay. <laughs> Uh, no, his birthday passed. His birthday was 1128. Uh, Daria Hepps, um, fantastic actor. She does a lot of stuff at um, the DMT. Her birthday has passed, 12-1. Um, um, Monica Hull, her birthday is uh, December the 4th. Paul Hartness, uh, a good friend of mine uh, who is writing a play on the Civil War, and uh, um, and he, uh, he and I were in class um, at the Berkeley Rapid. He's also a veteran actor. His birthday is on uh, December the 28th. So, uh, happy birthday, folks. Um, shows. Uh, shows. Well, of course, I'm, I'm doing uh, Stories from Silence. That's a piano fight uh, tonight and next Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 7.30. So, we did have a group of seven who had prepaid last night, and mm-hmm. they didn't roll in until almost 8. Oh, yeah. And we held because this is like, oh, this is, God, you know, yeah. It's yeah. a big chunk of <laughs> it's yeah. a small space. It's a big chunk of audience. You don't want climbing in during the middle of your show. Yeah. People uh, can't treat theater as if it were a movie theater. I mean, you know, you got to watch it. Shotgun Players mm-hmm. is doing uh, Black Rider that I hear is going wonderfully, and I'm hoping I can get a ticket out of that. Mm-hmm. I hear there's a show out at the town hall. Do you guys know anything <laughs> about it? Yeah, That's uh, right. Uh, that is uh, Civil War Christmas. We open tonight, yeah. December the 2nd, run until the 16th. We have a bunch of double-doubles. Uh, we have um, uh, the, not this Saturday, not today, but the next couple of Saturdays, uh, well, there's a 3 p.m. show and an 8 p.m. show. Nice. So um, that's going to be hell on us, Kari and I. But, um, it is. <laughs> and I tell you guys right now, tickets are going fast. Already on Gold Star, I believe the Saturday 3 p.m. show you mentioned is sold out. Right. So you can only grab 
tickets on the town hall website. So I understand for those who, you know, pockets might be hurting a little bit. I always recommend gold star to friends, but those tickets are going fast. So yep. get on that. Grab it real quick. Silver Christmas, and that's at 3838 Church on School Street. Is that right? Hold on. Three five three five School Street, not Lafayette. Um, yeah, so uh, we open tonight until the sixteenth. It's a fantastic show. We've had great previews and um, opening night is tonight, so it's going to be great. And uh, it is Bard accessible. That's right, Bard accessible. That's the Lafayette Bard. Yes. Uh, this wide night, which is ah, you took mine. <laughs> no, 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 no. I've been plugging in for a while. This wide night by Chloe Moss. Done at Anton's Well. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be at the Berkeley City Club, which is where uh, Central Works normally does their shows. And yeah. that'll be uh, the 1st through the 17th. That's exactly right. Wow. Is that the same run as you guys? Huh? Uh, yeah. Well, and if, you know, after yeah, their, 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 their day, uh, yeah, they're, they're, we, we close on the 16th. They close on the 17th. Mm-hmm. So, and we had uh, Robert Estes, who uh, runs Anton's Well. We had him on the A. Yeah. So, that should be great. I think. Give a quick shout out yeah, to uh, mm-hmm. Theater First, where I had the opportunity to do a production called Gila. I love what John Tracy oh, nice. is doing um, with that particular company. Oh, right. Uh, and they are doing participants, participants, which is in previews right now, and they are opening this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Definitely go support Theater First. John Tracy, love what they're doing. Guys, go run and support them. But see our show first. <laughs> <laughs> Monday Night Playground, and I'm trying to see if I can get more details on it. Um, Come on, y'all. I don't think they posted the thing yet. Um, But that'll be uh, the third Monday of the month at Berkeley Rep, 8 o'clock. It's Monday night. It's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I'll be directing a piece. Cool. We'll have all of these links on our, uh, hopefully everyone is accessing the A via Facebook, because that's where we put a lot of our links and blurbs and all that stuff. Hope you had a wonderful time, man. I I did. I Love being with peers, mm-hmm. chopping it up, talking yeah. theater, acting, nerd stuff for a minute. Sure, sure. <laughs> and no session is complete without saying I love you to Papa Clemens and Mama Moy, my parents. Right on, right on. <laughs> well, let me uh, give you my blurb. You can find the Yay on the Apple Podcast app on all iPhones and iPads. You can also find the Yay on iTunes. Just click on iTunes. Click on store. Don't worry, you're not going to buy anything. Use the search engine on the upper left-hand side and search for the Yay, and you can find us. For Android users, download the SoundCloud app or just search on SoundCloud.com. Search for the Yay, and you'll find us. Another, that's another damn app i got to put on this new Yeah, app. that's right, and you got to load your thing up with apps. Uh, the Yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, and we'll take it from there. We gotta find a better sign off. <laughs> and we are.